Hey, music nerds, you're listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcasts. I'm the host, Thomas Irwin, and I uh, got Dan Barracuda in with me here again today to discuss uh, what you could say is a pretty special album. I released Fuzzy Thinking, Niagara Moon's third album, a week and a half ago at this point, and uh, Dan today indulged me in talking about it at length. I got to say it was pretty fun. I haven't really talked about it in depth too much with with anybody yet, so uh, this was as good a chance as any. I think uh, if, if you're interested in the musical creation, you know, the nuts and bolts of making an album and what that looked like here, I think this uh, will be a pretty interesting listen for you. I hope you enjoy. I won't delay much further. Uh, let's take it away. good how you doing doing pretty good new album came out recently new album we released an album the same day we did and last week we talked about yours which is a pretty good time yep and i'm pumped to talk about yours today i heard yours like four times four times that's mm-hmm. pretty good how many times have you how many times have you heard yours <laughs> uh well since finishing it, if we're, if we're classifying it that way, listening to the finished product as an album yeah. in sequential order, maybe once or twice. Okay, it that's was, usually it, how it is. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've had some time to sit with it. It, it uh, was, the songs were totally finished and like ready to go, you know, in releasable form uh, back in like February. So it's, it's been a while. This is kind of old. For me, it feels like old news at this point a little bit. Old news. So February, wow, mm-hmm. okay. And when did you start recording it? So I started working on this thing, oh man, so definitely 2018. And oh, yeah, 2018. Right? 2018, yeah. And let's say in terms of recording anything for it, I'm going to go with uh, maybe fall of 2018. I've been, I've been writing the songs here and there. Stuff started congealing maybe you know, half a year to a year before that even. But uh, I, I had been working on the, the Fuss Budget EP first and more specifically on those songs. Did they all come in one, in like a sitting or? Oh, you know, no. Like, are any of these songs older than 2018? Or a lot of, a lot of them are older? Uh, there are ideas and certain hooks or, or riffs from these songs that may predate 2018. But... Um, no, I. You described to me your writing approach for Catabolic, and I'm like, that sounds cool. Like I, I do not write in huge batches. I, I, I carve out time every so often, and uh, it's like you know, two hours once a week. I maybe get half of a song done, and I just try to have time like that every week. So I'm, I'm always a little bit at a time kind of guy. Cool. It sounds so good. It just like sounds really oh, thank great. Thank you, sir. <laughs> There's so much clarity. I love it. I love how, uh, man. But it's recorded at a professional studio. Uh, so the way this was recorded, well, all right. So vocals were recorded at my uh, friend uh, Grant Wick's studio. He's a mixing engineer. 
what happened with this album is I really got into a very reliable structure and routine in how I recorded everything. Before I was always like kind of piecemeal and, and had different approaches at different times and went to different places. This was like, yeah, I go to his studio once a week, sometimes twice. I'm either writing or recording in there. I, re- I would record vocals by myself so that the space was nice. It wasn't like there wasn't sound treatment everywhere, but it was just a nice big open room in a, in a quiet building. And uh, nice mics. Drums were recorded at the studio. That I mean, a big. I don't know anything about recording drums or how to make drums sound good. I just I, f- I found a great drummer, Brian Marchese, local guy, and uh, had a few sessions recording with him and, and Grant Wicks uh, engineering the whole thing. So I, I owe a lot to that space and, and that uh, engineering prowess for sure. When you, when you're working with your drummer, is it just like, do you have sessions with him before you're recording? So, so you're showing him the songs because like I, there's a lot of stuff that you must have communicated to him. Yeah, like, okay, I want like, to be busy and then stop, and then a fill. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I could just when I met him, I could tell we had a lot of common musical ground, and he was just someone who would understand all my references and just having an innate sense of what I was going for, which was very much appreciated. He was he was really ace about that. Um, yeah. And I, I think it also helped that he, he's kind of an older guy. You know, he, he's not my age. I think he's like in his in his forties, and just he he harkens back to that era with me. You know, a lot of my references are like seventies songs. So all we did is I would send him songs. Sometimes uh, there'd be some kind of like fake drum thing going on in the demo, but I would just describe with a few different reference points the sort of style I'm looking for and. Uh, at this section, I want you to do this kind of thing. We'd we'd meet once in person for just like a couple of hours and just like spontaneously go through these new songs a couple of times. And then, I mean, honestly, a lot of it was also just figured out when um, we'd be recording. You know, I'll, I'll do a take this way. Okay, I'm going to do a take this way then. And uh, I'm a big fan of editing and getting things exactly right. So I just take all these takes home with me and and pick the best parts of each one, too. So it was a lot going into it altogether, I think. Wow. And the instruments that you're playing are piano, vocals, a little bit of guitar? The one other person I enlisted to play on a fair amount of these songs besides Brian was a guitarist, Killian Carlson, who I had met... um, playing with him on somebody else's album uh, back in oh. 2018. That was a really fun time. So he's a great guitarist. He is uh, mostly appearing as an electric guitarist, but he's also playing acoustic a little bit here and there. And I also met with him a bunch in a similar fashion um, to record his stuff. I'm pretty much doing everything that's not what those guys are doing. And then there's also one oh, song bass. that has uh, upright bass. So I'm playing electric bass. On these songs, you're playing bass on all your songs. Playing electric bass on all my songs, and then all the other like cool. sound effects and extra instruments, like say harmonium or glockenspiel or anything else like that. That's all like uh, Love that. software instruments I play at home. I'll, so all that was recorded at my home studio. Wow, cool man! I have notes for every song. Like you want to go song by song? Oh boy! Uh, if you wanna, let's crack into it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I love the vocal swell going into when your vocals in Best of Me. I'm 
Is that is that a, that's a mixing thing? Like, did you come up with that or like? All right, yeah. So you don't like that way, no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I that was something where, so with me in a song, I'm always looking to fill each moment or almost every moment with some sort of cool, yes, gimmick or like some something of sonic interest to keep you in it. You know, even when sonic I'm not interest, just yes singing flat out. So I just, that was something I just, that was uh, something I heard in my head as I was writing a song. And I was, I'm at this point with music production where I'm like, okay, that would mean I take this snippet of me singing that for real, but then I loop it. And then I automate the filter over time to have this thing. And then there's this like distortion. So, you know, I'm just writing that in my head, like taking little mental notes. Yep. Uh, And then I, you know, I figure it out on my music software and hand it over to my uh, mixing engineer to just put compression on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I can claim ownership for that one. That's awesome. Glad you like that moment. I had Radiohead in mind for that. I had like something that they do on Kid A or whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, and when you say someone who will listen and is it agree that you say agree. someone who will listen and agree? Yeah. Dude, you sound like Elton John. <laughs> Oh, you sound like Elton John when, when you're like I'm like I'm like Jesus Christ! It like really popped out at me. Oh, it's thank like, you, you sound sir. so much like Elton John. I, I loved it and the harmonies, dude. So oh, sh- so many harmonies and your, your girl, your girlfriend's playing uh, singing too. Yep. So Huimin, um, she she made an appearance on a couple songs on the uh, the EP before this, but she's on eight out of ten of these songs now. She's singing all the wow. the harmonies. It's really nice because when you're doing vocal harmonies. It's you don't you don't just want it to be your voice all the time. Having another human voice or two or whatever adds like so much thickness yeah. to it, and like inter- it just sounds a lot more interesting. So it's nice that you have a female vocal in with those harmonies. And I just wrote for this song. I just said the drums are awesome. They get really they get really busy, but they're very tight. Like I, I like when drums are like, and then it gets simple again. You know, like really good drummer. And the song's got a cool swelling end. Just like the vocals have a cool swelling intro, and then like the song swells out. Was that you again? That's me being like, I want this thing to just have a wave of noise that takes it over. You know, the Beatles did that for uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Just ends with, yeah, just what, yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I like that idea for this. You know, things are just kind of, you know, you're tripping over yourself. It's just kind of not exactly falling apart, but just kind of getting out of control. You have this this crazy energy and let's, you know, let's have a big noise crescendo. It's kind of where my mind yeah. went. Was it hard to choose what the first song was going to be? No, I... uh you got 10 songs here. I got 10 songs and pretty early on... I had decided, like, all right, I want to do 10 songs. Normally, I I would do 11 songs. I wanted to keep it a little tighter. And I don't really have... I mean, honestly, I don't really struggle with track order that much. Yeah. That's not... Yeah, me either. I just... I always have a sense, like, oh, if this is the first song that you hear, this has a certain effect because of the way it comes in and the way it establishes stuff. So it it was a pretty easy decision early on the second song is one of my favorites out of the whole album it's like it's like your soft eleanor rigby dude i was thinking eleanor rigby yeah for sure were you really oh yeah 
I, I was I was listening to it as I was dude, going it's like, along. It's like your Eleanor Rigby. It's like the Niagara Moon Eleanor Rigby. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, the strings I mean, sound... That, uh, I think you call it a spiccato string. The t- 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 I mean, just if you're not going to have any drums and you're not going to have any guitar, that's, a gr- that's an easy go-to sound to just have some energy. Yeah. They so- I just can't believe how real they sound. Like, they sound like real strings completely. Yeah, well, that is, uh, I'm, I'm building, you know, all these songs and building such an illusion of, have, of playing with all these different people and having all these different instruments when really it's, it's so often just me in, you know, a little home studio on my keyboard with some good software. What's the, pro- what's the program of the strings? Uh, so that's on a uh, software that I use very often called Contact. And uh, yeah. I think the specific kind of strings those are, I think it was called like Zillowette, like Silhouette with a Z. Zillowette. I said vocals are super on point and her voice is awesome. Great blend. Yeah, I said it was one of my all-time favorites on the album. I, I love like hard to imagine. I just like love the way that it's sound, sung and the thick harmonies. Like you said, it's like you have, you have a big 70s influence. Yeah. 60s. Yeah, I I can't get away from it. It's just because yeah. uh, a lot of that music, you know, I I want to make, especially with this album, I wanted to leave a lot of room for harmonies and like I wanted Wayming to to come in on a lot of these songs and I wanted us to have a lot of really nice melodies to sing together, and that era of music, you know, you're talking Elton John, Beatles or whatever. That was really. That's a lot of music that values interesting harmonies and vocal harmonies. So, uh, yeah, Completely. that was just a well. And just beautiful vocal movement. It's the vocal. Hard to imagine. Like all the thickness. But it's hard to imagine. Impossible to say how I'd feel if I found out it been taken. Yeah. What are they, three-part harmonies? Uh, at parts... Uh, that song has three-part harmony, yeah, at certain, in certain sections. And what I would do, I had such like just a routine sort of like set system of, of writing and recording vocals. Like I, I would sing what would be the main vocal part for a session, and then I'd come in for another session, and I wouldn't have anything written down, but I would just like listen through what I had recorded, and anywhere I could, I would just come up with a harmony on the spot to like put in there. Right. Um, I really just wanted like as many harmonies as I could, wherever they could fit. I would just uh, like come up with them and record them in the moment and just like, you know, keep stacking them on each other as wherever I felt like they could fit. That's in the studio too, right? Yeah, that would be in the, in the studio. Uh, And to the next song, that's the, that's your podcast intro music. That is Walmart greeter. (laughs) Right when I heard it, I was like, wait a second. I've heard this before. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Super cool. It's uh, very iconic. Uh, maybe it's because I've heard it so many times. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like, but it's like, it's just like, like what's that? That's a cuckoo clock. It's so iconic. It's like the beginning of Come Together. It's like, there's so much iconic sounds in like three seconds. And I, I get that with Walmart Grader. It's, it's like, like, yeah, it's very, it's like an iconic intro. It's cool. It's a, it's a hook. It's an instrumental hook. Thanks, man. Yeah. The, the idea is like in that song, 
you know, the the narrator of the song is just suddenly like, huh, what happened? Like you're, you're waking up and you're, yeah. you're already late for something. And it's just kind of like a uh, kind of a chaotic flurry. So, you know, alarms are going off. You're it's you're kind of slumped over getting your bearings. So I really I wanted to like, you know, punch you into that right away with the sounds. Yeah. You know, the song Honky Tonk by, by Elton John. Uh, do you mean Honky Cat? Get back. Honky Tonk. Oh my god, that's what I meant. Honky cat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, it reminds you're, me of honky cat. Again, you're you're calling me out for like Eleanor Rigby was hard to imagine. Like I was literally yeah. referencing honky cat as I was as Are I was going serious? through. Are you serious? Yeah, I love that song. I love the groove he gets I on love that song. That. I love I love that song. No, it, it reminded me of it. I was like, what is it? Because you started sounding like Elton John with the vocals too, and um, I mean, I love it. He's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite singers and artists, and um. I wouldn't usually know Honky Cat because it's not one of his huge songs. No, um, but at the enrichment center that I worked for in in Massachusetts for uh, seven years, that's one of like the rare songs that would play in the gym. So I, I like I in the gym. knew I just grew to in the gym in in the kids' gym. I would like hear that song, you know, maybe like once a week or something for seven years. <laughs> so yeah. I know that song very well. So I was like, this sounds like Honky Cat. I wrote Honky Tonk in my notes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I love the groove of that song so much. Like he, the 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 Elton John drummer, I forget what his name is, but him and the bassist, like they're so underrated. They, they could make such a yeah. groove. Yeah, and again with the harmonies, like when you're saying maybe, when you're when you're like oh, overlapping, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe, like that's so nice. That takes that's a lot of attention to detail. It's really nice, dude. I I really like that one. Out of the first three, uh-huh. which one, wh- which one do you like? Out of the first three we just talked about, like which one do you like the most? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's part of me that doesn't want to hear any of these songs again because it's it's like oh, yeah, uh, it's like it's that's like me and all my music. I, I think uh, I I saw some interview with uh, the writer Stephen King where he's talking about well his favorite part is the process of writing his books and then once they're done it's he's like that's dead skin. Wow, I don't, I don't know if I go skin. quite that far, but um, I guess the the one that if it's playing again, I'm listening for things I did and kind of you know it's it's kind of weird to be like admiring your own music past a certain point, but I got maybe hard to imagine. I'm like, oh, I like you know I can still appreciate different things that are going on in there. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm still I'm proud of all of them. I'm I'm glad they're they're out there. That's awesome. And then marching on, I wrote. I wrote. First thing I wrote is that is that you on slide. So Guitar? that particular song, um, I couldn't get Killian. He was just too busy at one particular time. So I'm like, "F it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this myself." I don't play guitar wow. normally. Guitar or lap steel? Is it? I it's, yeah. it was an electric guitar that I that I just borrowed from Grant, and I treated it like a lap steel, but totally not playing it the way I think you're supposed to play a slide guitar. I just like figured out a way I could make sense of it and just did lots of takes and, you know, compiled together what I could. I love, I mean, I love that. I love the touch of darkness in the vocals. Mm. What do you mean by that? There's some, there's, 
There's like some there's some dissonance stuff, not the uh, diminished stuff or like you yeah, know, yeah. there's some there's there's taste there, you know? It reminds me of Beatles, but it's also prog like like uh Super Tramp or Pink Floyd. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I was getting hints of that. Because there's some minor stuff going on, but like some diminished stuff, I think. I, I couldn't get away from diminished chords writing this album. Like that that's a George Harrison trick too. Like a lot of his songs oh, have these yeah. particular chords shoe. that are very kind of you know, they're kinda of haunting or it's 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 like, oh, all oh, of a sudden yeah. there's something going wrong. Like, like I want I want to tell you. Yeah. On Rubber Soul, he uses like a like a beautiful chord there, the yeah. chord. Yeah, I so it's like almost every song has has one of those kind of chords. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I said who's playing bass, but you're you're playing bass on all these which which the song that has the stand up bass? Uh rewritten. Uh I brought in a guy, uh, Reed oh. Sutherland, who did a great job. He he uh, played upright bass on that. So wait, that was uh that was 4. Oh yeah, Under the Surface, dude. Another one of my top favorites. Love the vocals, especially in the intro. Low, you're singing so low. Yeah, it, it it's. I guess that's kind of like the the bottom of my range, and then it's it's also hard to sing that low and for the microphone wow. to pick it up enough too. That was so that was something I kind of struggled with a little bit. And like the the piano riff feels iconic, you know. It's got it's kind of like Walmart Greeter, like it's like it's like an iconic riff. Um, the piano. Thank you. Yeah, I was under the surface. Under the surface, hard to imagine. And I, I really like Walmart Greeter too. Wow, so I was far. I was in uh, in addition to the diminished stuff and getting into that kind of George Harrison territory. This was a period I was listening to a lot of Elliot Smith, which I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with him, but I know people love him, and he, like I've heard like a couple songs. He just, I mean, it's it's the kind of a lot of people really you know dig into his lyrics and his just kind of um basically struggling with depression persona for for lack of a better word but i mean there's all that stuff going on and he is a a poet but he just builds universes out of complex harmonic chord progressions like he if you were like a nerd about music theory or the way like different melodies can go together in unexpected ways like he that's just he lives in that world of creating all these like unique a uh, little Beatles-esque uh, riff ideas, so that like the piano and that, I'm just, I'm just trying to channel his style really, in in under the surface. He does a lot of synth stuff too, doesn't he? Um, I don't know about synth stuff. He he's more of a electric guitar, and then um, sometimes like Beatlesy keyboards. I mean, he's basically like all the Beatles wrapped up in in one person, who uh, just happened to be active in like the '90s alt rock scene. Oh wow, he's from way back then. Yeah. Is he still around? No, he died in very mysterious circumstances, like over fifteen years ago. Yeah, he's he's a kind of a tragic figure. But his music, if you delve into it, there there's so much there to to draw from. I think. Cool. You consider him a big influence. For this album, uh, I was I what I'm doing now, not so much. I kind of went away from it's. It's very like. It's like one specific approach to making music, and I, I don't want to like live in it forever. But I definitely was uh, channeling it for a bunch of songs for fuzzy thinking. Like it's it's just it's the kind of thing where as you're writing, you're like, I could do anything. I could go to any chord if I make it work in a particular way. It's 
it's uh, yeah. you're, it keeps your fingers busy. It's kind of progressive yep. in that way. What if I has uh, some great bass work? Thanks, man. Dan- dancing around. I like when it's just like I like when it does a little bit more than just like holding, holding it. Yeah, it's it's the, got bass nuggets. Bass nuggets. I live for bass nuggets. That's, yeah, me too. Um, and the thing is, I don't ever practice bass. I'm not a very accomplished player. And like, if you started jamming on a song and you asked me to like hold down the bass, I would do a very s- sloppy job. Like, I, I don't really think of myself as a bass player, but when I sit down and record, I'll just do like 10 to 15 seconds at a time of a bass line. And so because I can be so like methodical and repeat parts over and over, I can afford to like kind of explore like every nook and cranny to get more and more bass nuggets. Because I, I can just... Do they like, have an amp for you to plug into? Or do you, do you have an amp? Um, no, I don't really... I, I used amps to record the guitar... Um, Killian's guitar and and any any electric guitar obviously you need an amp but um, all the bass was just recorded again like at my home computer just direct into the computer nice yeah. direct cool because like I said I can't play organically like I can't I can't just like beginning to end I I, I do all these like little micro takes so cool oh yeah this is it. We, I was like, when everything stops and it's those vocal chords and it kind of like modulates, it feels like you're doing like some crazy chords. It happens two times in the song. It's one of my favorite moments in the album I wrote. And the song ends with it too. Oh, in What If I, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's another, I know what you're talking about. That's another moment where I'm thinking Radiohead. Yeah, dude, it's like everything just, stops and it's like vocal harmonies. And just it's coast like, on the ooze. Weird chord, weirder chord, and then weird chord. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to, I was really trying to fit in a lot of weird chords for this album. cool because weird chords having fun with that have such a different effect depending on the instrument and vocals is a really nice instrument if you're gonna pick one instrument to do weird chords yeah you know synth is nice too if you if it's like if everything cuts out and it's just synth yeah and it's like playing weird chords you're like you're like you're like feeling it like what's going on but vocals is is oh it's like just like that cool thanks yeah i'm glad you uh, appreciated that Snow Day, perfectly fitting title. Another track with great bass yep, work. I, I wrote that one literally on a snow day. <laughs> Did you really? I was like, you know, there's always got to be these hidden meetings, meanings or like little references. And when I do a song, like, let's just have, have something straight ahead. Like, this is a moment today and let's just put it into a song in kind of a straightforward way. Now, is there a sample in this song, like a field recording sample? Yeah, so there's this website I keep going back to anytime I want to put in a sample or like some special effects sound, uh, freesound.org. So I think I typed in like windstorm or blizzard yeah. into freesound.org and just found something from, for my purposes. Cool. So what are your favorites so far? Like we're like two-thirds of with the album. Like what, what are your, which ones do you like the most? Um, I guess the ones that I'm proud of, it's weird because it's, it's like all of them I'm tired of, but all of them I'm still you know, pretty yeah. proud of and, and want people to hear. Uh, I was 
particularly satisfied when I finished uh, composing all the different parts for Marching On. Cool. And uh, just how, because that song has a lot of different parts going on, but I was really happy with how they all kind of came together into one whole, yeah. Rewritten's one of my favorites. Oh, nice. Yeah, that that was one where I, I kept it a little more simple, a little more basic. Didn't cram it with too much. It's the texture. Clean guitar, soft piano, and bass. Like, what a golden combo, you know? Clean guitar. Yeah, you can do anything Soft with that. piano and bass. It's like, as like, a puffy mm-hmm. like a cloud. It's a puff cloud. Nice. Plus, your voice in this context just adds more to it all. And then the slide guitar. Yeah. Yeah, Killian did a great job. Is on that, that is that you on slide or is that oh that's him? That's him. So yeah, so that's Killian for I, I don't think I could play that level of slide guitar. able to to pull off on my and, own um so he yeah he he's doing guitar on that um i think brian marchese is is doing shaker there or maybe i just i recorded a bit of him doing shaker and then looped it you know to fill out the whole song um some more studio trickery yeah. there but and then uh the the reverb is automated like sometimes the, the slide guitar is very reverbic yeah, yeah, I I forget if that was maybe like his amp doing that for real or maybe if I did something in my software afterward to to have it come up or down. Cool. The last thing I wrote was uh crazy how effective an egg shaker can be. You know? It's yep. like sh- sh- is that you with the Just egg shaker in the studio? Keep the train rolling. Yeah, I think that was I recorded Brian uh with a shaker and then just long enough so that I could have it loop to to go for the whole track but yeah just anything like that it gives it gives the song enough movement mm-hmm. to keep going the beatles do shakers a lot i mean shaker is actually a key instrument in the groove of um strawberry fields especially like in the outro like in the second mm-hmm. half of strawberry fields um after like strawberry fields forever Bam, 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 butter. And he's like, there's like a shaker going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's adding so much to it, to like the urgency of it. Yeah, tambourine too. Tambourine, big time. Oh, yeah. And then number nine, about you, so nice to hear electric solo lead guitar, you know, like sticks out like a sore thumb in the album, you know? That's him too. That is Killian. Yep, and we we went total Queen Brian May yeah. for that one. Did he write it, or did you have like melodies that you wanted him to do? Or I think it would be fair to say he he came up with all the the parts he's playing. I, I gave him like a kind of a box to play in, and he he had these different riff ideas. And then what I did afterward is I took what I liked best from a bunch of different takes he did, and and put it all together to like make an ori- original thing from that. Cool. Um, so it's like it's you know the half of the composition is in the just like playing in the room, and then you do some more when you're editing later, and you know being the architect to the whole thing. It's so interesting. It's like that's the one time that there's like lead solo, you know, lead guitar uh, in the album, and it, it's just like crazy. It like sticks out. Really, it's like a gem in that song in the album as a whole. 
when you have like a crazy instrument just sticking out, you know? It's like speak to me dear, like having like the sarangi or like the sitar. Yeah. Just like sticks out. Oh, it's like, oh, that's the song with the sitar. That's the song with the lead with the yeah, lead guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just like the whole album doesn't have it. It's nice to to introduce. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good point. I, I I think there is a thing of each song can have one element that's really like audacious and unusual. Yeah. If it's just like one thing and it's presented in the right way. You can do like one really weird or unusual thing with like each right. song and make it seem kind of deliberate and cool. Yep. And uh, I said, I really dig that about you, quote unquote, about you vocal effect change. It's like another automated thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And that's you. That, that's a trick I like that's to you, pull like, off a lot. That's you telling it to your mixing engineer, right? Um, or your, yeah. yeah, I think I, what I, for anything like that, where it's a very specific effect, I'll, I'll dial it in myself okay. and then I'll just give him all that and like that, that, uh, extra effect track and just, he'll like smooth things over. Nice. He's, so what I did with, with Grant when I, when I, you know, put all this stuff together myself and then give it to somebody else to mix, he's, he's just the guy that. You know, in technical terms, he's putting on compression and EQ, and he's the smooth over, make it all congeal together guy. Yep. Um, plus, anything to do with drums, he'll he'll deal with the drums. I don't I don't know how to treat drums. Yeah, yeah. Drums is like what I'm like least experienced in. Like, I'm so grateful I have Ian here because like, if I'm like mixing drums, I'm like, yo, how does this how does this sound? Like, does this sound like a good drum set? Right. And then he'll be like. Oh yeah, like but like like bring the hi hat up or something, or like, or like I need to hear the overheads more. Like I don't have those ears yet. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. And then the last song, super cool placement for the last. It's a lot the longest song. You save for the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like what I did, I did that in my album too. Last song, <laughs> save for the end. Uh, clean snare. I just I love your snare sounds, dude. Like, I mean, like the the rolls. That's that's, that's Grant Wicks all the way. A, the snare rolls in this song is an instrument. You know, sorry that you And I said, your sound yeah. is like a spacey cloud with hints of light and darkness. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah, like it's, it's like a hazy atmosphere of a of a song. Yep, and I love the melody when you say "running in a dream." That's like that darkness I'm talking about, like falling down you're like always skirting the edges of like dissonance or or something that shouldn't work but if if you craft it in the right way it still like sounds whole or whatever that was definitely something i was going for yeah now are you gonna like were you like for promotion were you like are you gonna do submit hub or not at all you're just gonna make videos and um so for those who don't know, so Submit Hub is uh, where people try to get on blogs, like music blogs or playlists on services like Spotify. And uh, I don't think I there's much in that stuff for me. I don't, you know, it's some music promotion is just really weird yeah. and, and uncertain and unpredictable these days. I mean, it's always kind of been that way, but... I, I want to make content, so I'm making lyric videos. Nice. I want to make one lyric video for each song and share that. I, I'm focused on making content that people who enjoy my music, they're going to enjoy that, and it's going to be something extra that they can appreciate and maybe they want to share it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just the, the people I, I know now that, that are fans, 
So hello to you, to you people out there. I, I just want to do more stuff that they're going to enjoy. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll make more music videos in the future uh, for, for people to kind of stumble upon who don't know anything about me as well. But I, th- I think that's the best way to attract people who aren't already fans is with a, a cool music video where they're, they're kind of introduced to, uh, to the Niagara Moon world. Awesome. And then promoting, and then promoting that. Cool, man. Well, this is your what? Which release? What number release is this? So for Niagara Moon, this is three point five. Uh, this is third full length album and uh, fourth release I've done under the name Niagara Moon. And in terms of albums that I've written and released, it's number five and a half. Wow! So I, I had a band in Japan that I did a couple albums with before this wow. before niagara moon that's so cool so what's next in the horizon you said you kind of mentioned something earlier like i'm uh, like like well the stuff i'm working on now is pretty different yeah yeah like i said this this album feels more like old news to me and i've been writing and recording a ton since this was finished so uh full-length album number four is not too too far away I, I, I don't want to clump things too close together, but, uh, you know, if you're a fan, you can expect a whole bunch of new songs even beyond this uh, next year. 2021, so, yep. 2021, I just, I have a lot of ideas for songs and I want to get them out there while I can and, and while I have the, the time and energy, so. Um, but I certainly want this album to have its day as well. So I'm, I'm excited for people to, uh, to dig into it and interact with it more and, and we'll see what comes to that. Dude. Yeah. And I, I love the name of the album too. And the artwork, you know, it's like, there's a good synergy going on. The sounds, like the instrumentation, the vocals and the album name and the art. It's like a synergy. It's the concept. It's conceptual. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that that came out that way. Uh awesome artist uh Brian Noyce Watkins who I'd met in Seattle. I think he lives in California now. He's originally from California. Uh he did a great job. He d- he does that weird kind of uh sort of surreal cartoon style artwork a lot and for his own releases as a musician too. So he he definitely had the uh the sensibility I was going for. I was going for like 70s kind of disturbing uh, children's storybook. Wow. <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool, man. I, I'm staring at the art right now. What does the name come from? Fuzzy thinking. It's this idea of, you know, you have a problem in your life and you're trying to address it or improve things, but you're kind of, you're like in a haze or something's not quite clicking the way it needs to and you're just it's this kind of fog that you're you're trying to get through and and have things become more clear and uh i don't know maybe that was just something that was going on for me personally or it's it's like an undercurrent of the songs but it's it's like trying to find clarity focus and um you know start making better decisions in uh in general was maybe the the theme there is is every song related to that not consciously, but maybe there's something you can find yeah. there in each song. I feel like a lot of these songs, you know, I, I, I write in a very kind of conversational style. It's I feel like I'm talking to somebody with each song. I, I, don't feel, feel I felt like that I'm, too, like Walmart Greeter. 
I feel that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not just describing like a fairyland or you know reverting to like song cliches. You know, like uh, you as a listener, maybe you have something to learn or to glean from from digging into the uh, the content of each of these songs. That's just kind of usually where I end up. Yep. Like uh, you know, like a let's help each other out kind of approach. Cool, man. Congrats on such a solid release, man. It's like a, like I said, a synergy, like it's a conceptual package, and it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really glad to hear that it came out that way. Yep. Uh, it's something that I felt has, I mean, not, I don't want to downgrade my own music. Like, I still think there's cool stuff in, in my catalog for people to check out. I, I encourage people to, to check out, Yeah. you know, everything I've made. Why not? But uh, I felt there was, like, this focus that was kind of lacking from the last couple of things I'd done. Where I was, like, trying a lot of stuff out without quite knowing what my musical identity was so much yet. I just, I, I felt kind of like lost artistically for a little while. And this is my, maybe my own way to myself of uh, bringing everything back home and, and, you know, having something that, that feels very uh, fully realized and constructed all the way around. I wanted to give that to people. I think it's really crazy how both of us are like super, like similar like in parallel like your first release was in 2017 and you have like four albums mm-hmm. essentially basically yeah and my first release was in 2017 and you have very similar <laughs> and i have and i yeah. just released my fourth album <laughs> and you've been releasing every year yeah yeah it's really cool it's really cool and i mean again now it's just like it's so awesome making the music and it's like you know it's like the best part it's like when you're knee deep in it it's the best when part. you're like working on song four or seven and you're like, and then like, you know, every day, like, what am I feeling? What do I want to work on today? That's the best part. And then when it's almost yeah, it's, done. It's not even work. It's play. Yeah, and when it's almost it's like done, there's like a wave of like depression. dude. <laughs> and then when it's like uh, done, it's like, okay, like, all right. Now what do I yeah. do with this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of learn to come to terms. Oh, you mean just like how do I get people to hear this? Yeah, yeah. the The play is the the creative process, and then the work and the struggle is anything around that to uh, to feel like you can continue to make time in your life to do this. That's yes. the hard part because it is a lot of time. It's a lot of expense, and how do how do I validate this afterward? Is the uh, that's the mission? Seriously, but. I mean, we're we're in this for the long haul, you know. Like, like we we plan on making records mm-hmm. for a long time and just growing and growing because every every album is such a big step. It's such a big step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you hear that with with uh, Dan Barracuda for sure. And yeah, your um, skills if, if increase. That's something you can you pick know? up on with yeah. everything. Levels up, like whether it's production or ideas, arranging, your singing, your songwriting, your instrument, your playing. Everything like is just gonna get better if you keep at it. And I think albums are, yeah. or even a song, like everything you finish and get it out there, is a is a just like a great, very important step into improving. Builds on itself. Yeah, for sure. Super cool. It's it's very reassuring to know another listener, somebody who doesn't know anything about these songs. You're able to pick up on all that yeah. uh, when you check it out. Like that means stuff's working. Yep. If that's the case, that's really great to hear. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, indulging me today and, and talking about it and um, yeah, singing its praises. It's it's uh, it's always a nice yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to what's next.
All right, and that's it for today. Thanks again to Dan for talking with me about this album. Thank you so much to you, the listener, for for taking it in. Uh, Happy to have you here, really. And if you would like to adopt a CD, I don't know if you've uh, seen any talk online yet, but um, I didn't make CD copies of this album. I I found them in the forest. They actually, uh, they were living out there by themselves. But, uh, you know, winter's coming. They, They were getting a little cold and frightened, so I took them in to my Niagara Moon nursery. I put myself in charge of uh, finding them a good home. And if you uh, just listen to this whole episode, I'm sure you'd be the ideal owner. If you want to adopt a CD for yourself, you can click the link that I put in the show notes or go to freeniagaramoonalbum.com slash adoptacd. Basically, they're on sale now. Okay, see you next week.